0: Basically, I actually had like topless photos and I went to my mom and dad and was like, hey, these are my tits. Can I go talk about it?
1: All right, so all, all three cameras recording? Up uh, to all two cameras <laughs> recording. And the mics, everything good? All right, so we do the trickle out? Wait, I'll, oh, should we clap two? Okay, I'll clap <laughs> once and then you clap. So <laughs> okay. I'll do two and then you could do two. Okay. 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 That, that should be fine. All right. You wanna clap to Darius? or just. Oh, nice. Remember, you have a microphone too. I know. You could be part of the party. Okay. A little lame though. <laughs> <laughs> Take that to <laughs> <laughs> She's with the all guys. It's called Nagging. Neggin.
0: Yeah. neggin? What is neggin? You don't know what nagging is?
1: No. We didn't even start the podcast yet. <laughs> 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 all right, we'll put a pin we'll in it. We'll, we'll get to that.
0: Okay.
1: Hi, guys. So, welcome to Feeling Forward, new podcast. So, we're here with the lovely and beautiful Venita, also known as Vanita 95 on Instagram. <laughs> I'm just trying to be professional, okay. but that wouldn't last for long. No, probably cheers on some unlabeled whiskey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you guys see this and you want to sponsor us, feel you free. Feel free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so the idea with this is we're starting a podcast called Feeling Forward. Mm-hmm. You will. You are currently my guest, but you are actually also going to be the co-host. Right.
0: So I want to start with. Well, actually, I think we mm-hmm. should first introduce how we know each other because I don't think people are really understand. They maybe they might think that we just bumped into each yes, other and decided to start
1: this. Story. So, long
0: story short, then, mm-hmm. how do we know each other? What is this physical chemistry that we have?
1: Well, we had sex once <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams.
0: Yeah, uh, that's basically
1: the entire story at DM Han. She was just like, no, but we could have a podcast. No, we We
0: have known each other for about seven years, just passing, and then we've connected on media, and then we just kind of saw what each other were doing, and then every time we met up, we would just have the most intense conversations about anything you can imagine, and then we thought, you know what, we've done some pretty crazy shit. In life, we've done we've some... Pre- we've been
1: a, a lot across the world, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Both we've both us. been world travelers, and mm-hmm. we've both had... Our we've family. tried
1: many projects and different experiences. Yeah, yeah. I am more in the business world. She is more from the social media Instagram will I guess yeah
0: yeah yeah and uh, we just thought that if we came together and put this together all of our experiences all the things that propelled us forward we would be able to create something so interesting and helpful to anyone that struggles with taking a risk in that sense Yeah. Um, so that is essentially what failing forward is about it's basically our challenge to everyone who has fear of trying anything yeah. um because what is the worst thing that could happen when you try something
1: what's the worst thing i mean worst thing that could happen is you could die That's always <laughs> worst case. once you're not no, dying no. You're, in, you're in pretty good shape so that's what that's like usually your barometer you're like am i gonna die no mm, not that bad should try it losing a million dollars maybe i shouldn't unless you have a hundred million dollars then it's probably worth it is risk is always measured <laughs> You have to, like, compare the risk (laughs) to the reward. So I wouldn't say there's, like, uh, an end-all, be-all way to do it. Right. But it's kind of like seeking this comfort. You should always go after hard things. Right,
0: right. So failure. Failure is the worst thing that can happen when you try something. But what's worse than failure? And to me, that answer is always wondering what
1: if. Mm -hmm.
0: I would rather know that I tried my best and I failed than wonder what if I tried.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that is essentially. The
1: well, I, I believe there is research. I can't confirm this nor deny this, but I believe I saw a study where they were saying like, if you compare people who try something and feel at it, they, reg- they regret that less than if they didn't do something and always wonder what if.
0: Exactly. So like, it's two different yeah.
1: ways you can regret something.
0: You always regret the things you don't do.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could always go to our old folks' home and interview people, dying people
0: yeah oh that would be interesting yeah we wouldn't even need to
1: get consent forms because it wouldn't be here too long um, you know that is terrible i'm a terrible person (laughs) but that's how you feel forward hopefully i'll become better you'll find out over the course of time that i stay the same
0: so the main takeaway from this is that every time you fail you learn something to project you forward
1: okay so let's get into some not failure but um interesting things so let's say Um, this podcast, right? We started this, but a month ago, you went in this country.
0: No. You were stranded.
1: (laughs) I want to hear that story of this stranded being. (laughs) We could start in Hong Kong if you want.
0: Okay. Right. All right. So I was in China working um, for an English school, an English com, a very big company, but I won't name it because I don't know how copyright and all of all these laws and so It's stone. a big one. Yeah, it's a it's, very it's big, a big one. famous company. I was working for that company and we had Chinese New Year's, which is basically in the middle of January to the end of January. So all of China has about 10 days off. So naturally, because I'm an explorer, I booked a ticket to the Philippines. So I'm in Hong Kong with a backpack of my things to go to the Philippines. One
1: backpack, that's it.
0: Yeah, just one backpack for 10 days because I'm very efficient. And, you know, I'm a pro by now. <laughs> um so I had one backpack and I'm sitting in the airport and my mom calls me and she says, "You know there's a virus in China." And I'm like, "Yo, like stop. Like I'm I'm going to the Philippines. Like I'm not even in China right now technically. Like I'm going off on vacation stop telling me this is probably like what like dengue or like ebola or like something that's not that serious i mean yes it was serious at the time but you know there's always a solution
1: always reading news guys <laughs> Just, you know well i news. mean
0: in china the media is kind of filtered and the western world has more of an access and less of a filter of what comes through in mm-hmm. china you don't really get the broadcast and so on you know it is a communist society and
1: yeah, so you're like isolated in a way.
0: You're isolated in a way and whatever media you get, it it is filtered. I mean, mm-hmm. we could probably get a lot of backlash for this because it is a controversial um, topic. But mm-hmm. yes, um, the, the media is filtered and of course they didn't want to raise panic and I understand this completely um, because if you broadcast something like this in China, it would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what the population is but in Beijing alone, it was like 20 million. So imagine having <laughs> a population of that magnitude right. panicking
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: what panic does yeah yeah you have um what, what do you call it riots Well. you have people breaking into stores you have like i remember when the news got to a certain level the groceries were empty so imagine if they had broken this news even earlier
1: okay so death destruction all those things are possible it's <laughs> <But if> not. <laughs> I mean, the
0: Chinese population is much more controlled. Yeah, you're um, in an airport. Yeah. So I'm in the airport. Thank you for bringing me back. I'm in the airport. And I'm like, whatever. It's not a big deal. Like, fuck it. I'm going to enjoy my vacation. Stop telling me about it. And then people from Instagram started messaging me because I have a big following. And they were like, are you worried about the coronavirus? And I'm like, nope. Like, I'm it's in. It's corona time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the Philippines. I mean, this is like from the inception of the right. news breaking. So. Obviously, I wasn't paying much attention to it. Anyways, I go to the Philippines and I'm having a great time, and everyone's like, "Aren't you worried about returning to China?" And I'm like, "Y'all, stop telling me about this. I'm just on- be
1: chill, guys. Just be chill."
0: I'm on vacation, okay. So, then ten days into my vacation, when it's almost time to return, I get a message from my boss saying, "Listen, uh, classes are postponed until." what was it Uh, the 2nd of february initially i was supposed to return Mm. on the 31st of january Mm -hmm. and i said okay and then after two days they were like so it's postponed until the 16th of february so i was like okay cancel ticket i ended up staying in the philippines for about 30 days because it kept getting postponed
1: most people who work would love free vacation (laughs) especially like six months in so like you know
0: I mean, in disguise. technically I was a refugee, but <laughs> I was the happiest <laughs> fucking refugee you could ever meet. I mean, yeah. I was stranded in the Philippines, which is a great place to be. If stranded. you
1: guys want to see some of her refugee status, just go check her on Instagram. At <laughs> Venita 95.
0: Check it. Um, but yeah, so basically I was on this island and, and you know what? Everyone would say that it was a paradise and you you had like you were living the dream. But there comes a point where living in the unknown and living in limbo becomes a burden because you're always unsure. You can't make any commitments. And of course, like on media, it's going to look amazing. But the internal battle was, what do I do? Where do I go? How long is this going to go on for? Um, so while I was in the Philippines, I decided to start some businesses. <laughs> You know, I was talking. That's <laughs> how
1: you <feel> forward.
0: <laughs> that's how you fail forward. You know what? And I'm still gonna go through with it. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't secured this ability to go forward just mm, yet. But that's a plan. Bug. But don't worry. That's just a plan. Coming. Yeah. So basically, you'll hear more about
1: it if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> click subscribe now.
0: <laughs> Follow the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I I'm so happy we're doing this channel because I feel often a lot of times people just post their success after it's been achieved, but mm-hmm. they never share the journey and the struggle.
1: Yeah, that's good. You're you following two full-time failures right now. Just <laughs> steep post.
0: Ambitious failures though. <laughs> Ambitious yeah, failures. Yeah, we have a lot of hunger for life and success. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, where was I? So we're in the Philippines and I wanted to start a bikini company in China.
1: Well, you wanted to start a bikini company from way before. From way before, But you were in the land of opportunity of of manufacturing.
0: Exactly, which is why I went there to begin with. So um, my company was on pause because I'm smack in the middle of the paper trail, um, which is actually something you helped me with. Mm. (laughs) Faroon actually told me to um, set up station in the States and... To get a proper payment processor. There there are various ways (laughs) in
1: which you set up a business. One of them is not just send me money and I'll send you the item. That's not how you do the (laughs) the
0: business. (laughs) That's
1: probably how you set up a charity.
0: Very true. So he actually helped me figure out exactly the paper trail that I needed to go through. So I was like smack in the middle of that. But prior to that, I had no direction and I actually submitted my designs to a manufacturing company who are actually the this ma- was
1: I, I called you when I was in Ireland or when I was in Trinidad I
0: think you were in Trinidad yeah okay so I was back home yeah yeah but I actually got in contact with the manufacturers who supply Calvin Klein which is like a huge deal mm-hmm. so I did the networking and so on that was necessary and we were ready to just hit order and then I realized oh fuck like I don't have the commodity to actually sell the inventory mm-hmm. so that's why I started the, the, the whole paper process mm-hmm. and so I'm in the Philippines now and manufacturing has shut down because everyone's in isolation and there's this outbreak there's this huge thing that's happening that's preventing everyone from going to work and all of that so i'm like oh fuck what am i gonna do now and then i'm like couch surfing <laughs> in this island life called is horse. so hard
1: woe is <laughs> <With> me <laughs>
0: and you know my couch surfing host was like why don't you just train filipino women to crochet your bikinis and I was like you know what why don't I mm,
1: start in the small why camps? don't
0: I <laughs> but again it's like the fear of the unknown I'm still no, but that's, a, that's a good idea yeah, it is and I'm gonna follow it, I'm gonna follow through it okay um, but there's the issue of the unknown because right now as I'm speaking I'm still employed with this big company that I won't name and I'm still working full time technically Mm -hmm. you know so i didn't want to have to be obligated to this company because i didn't know what direction they were going to go to and Mm -hmm. i didn't know if i was willing to quit this job yet so in limbo
1: well you could also talk about when um you decided to come back home
0: yeah yeah so um after this there was another business idea that i had and i'm still gonna go forward with it which is basically we went to this tourism this marine tourism sanctuary thing right and they had barracudas Nice. like thousands of barracudas that nice. would swim in this fucking epic tornado
1: okay cool
0: and i went there like fuck yeah nice. i'm gonna film this put this on my instagram show everybody it's gonna <laughs> blow up 1 million <laughs>
1: views guys
0: not for the intention of that but like my aesthetic is like yes i'm very outdoorsy very adventurous content 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 yes content 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 and i was like this would be epic and plus i was wearing one of the bikinis that i made myself so right, i was like right, imagine right. my ass Next to these fish. Next (laughs) to 1,000,
1: you know, 1 million views, you know?
0: Yeah, I was just like, you know, that's promotion for my bikinis and my creation. dollar signs
1: (laughs) in her eyes. (laughs) No. I just kid. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Anyways, so I went there and normally what happens in these um, stations is that they have a GoPro Mm -hmm. that's available for rent.
1: No, those are all your secrets because, you know.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, there's an opportunity there that I saw. Mm -hmm. I won't share too many details, but I basically set up... For the the
1: Filipino viewers who haven't subscribed yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know what? Filipinos had the idea. They Mm -hmm. just won't act on it. And it's just their culture. Well, that is the essence
1: of business and opportunity. Yeah.
0: Um, Because I actually went to the, the bureau and I asked, like, why isn't this happening? I tried to register a business for it. And they were like, you know what? We just don't care. Like, let you guys do it.
1: So they so they don't want to like collect tax <laughs>
0: <laughs> no like they just you know in fact when i was trying to register the company they mm. said you know what just do your thing like don't register it's too complicated
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyways Were you talking to a drug dealer was is that your contact
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't i actually went to you call it a dmi or something like that um, okay yeah And I went to the office and I tried to register a business. And actually, in the Philippines, there are so many brownouts, Mm -hmm. which is basically no electricity. So they had no electricity. And they were like, listen, even if you wanted to, we couldn't really help you right now. So they were like, just do your thing. Maslow's
1: hierarchy needs (laughs) electricity. (laughs) you know. Another requirement was that
0: they needed like 60% of the company to be Filipino, 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 whatever. And it was just me and like an old white guy. So... That's
1: 50-50. Not good enough. <laughs> we need to get that two-takes majority, girl. Yeah,
0: so we were like, you know what? That's not really possible. We don't really see any people wanting to be part of this venture and... So they were like, you know what? Just do your thing. (laughs) We're not going to charge you taxes. Like, just do your thing. Just do it under the table. Just run a
1: multi-million dollar business. So I did set up the groundwork.
0: And I do have someone doing the groundwork for me right now. And when I'm ready, we're going to go into action. So that's another thing. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: from being stranded, there was this opportunity.
1: From being stranded, (laughs) you started two possible companies.
0: Two possible companies that's still, you know, tentative.
1: As all early startups are.
0: Yes, and then, um, when I decided to come home, it was actually not an ambitious move. It was more like, eh, carnival. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Opportunity. <laughs> carnival.
0: There was carnival. And then um, also, like, I didn't know where to stay afloat. After a while, you get tired of, like... Oh,
1: You, you could have you mentioned, like, all your stuff is still in China. Yeah,
0: all my stuff is still in China. Um, I had this one backpack, and I was like, you know what... It's not worth going back to China just for material possessions. And I feel like this is a...
1: <laughs> material possession.
0: Material... You know what? I'm not a materialistic person. And I am. So That's why we have cameras
1: <laughs> to watch this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, you invest. You're an investor. Mm. You're not materialistic. So anyways, um, when my friends were evacuating China, I just told one friend, like, hey, could you just go grab my laptop and grab my <laughs> company documents, which I started... All my company stuff. And maybe my bank card, I might need mm. that. And could you just take it with you? So she, she grabbed it and she went to Australia. And she shipped it to me. So I got my laptop maybe last week from nice. Australia. Yeah. Nice. And the rest of my things are just in my apartment. And I'm ready to cut my losses because, you know. What is stuff? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this is actually something that I gained from my failed marriage. Mm. Which is basically when I was married and living in New Zealand, I left behind half of my things in good faith. So to show my ex-husband, like, you know, I'm willing to, to make this work and whatever. And...
1: If you're watching Ex-Husband, please click that subscribe so you can <laughs> follow her journey.
0: <laughs> hey, Andrew.
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, so I left half my stuff in good faith. And mm-hmm. it was, like, valuable. This was in New Zealand, right? In New Zealand, yeah. Okay. And when my marriage ended... Um, I just went, I came back home again and I just left my stuff behind. And he was dangling that in front of my face, like, oh, it's going to cost you a lot, but you need to pay for it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's just stuff. <laughs> it's I can leave it behind.
1: So you and were accustomed with the need, oh, the, the sense of being detached and nothing. Uh, yeah, and letting you...
0: yeah. So, but it was from that that I kind of gained the sense of, you know what? You came back to try that with so little after your failed marriage. You can do this again. Like, your stuff in China is just stuff. Like, you don't need it.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if you went with anything that you couldn't get back.
0: Um, I did go with a lot of things. Like, right now, in China, there's still a folder of my all my certificates that I ever acquired in my life. <laughs> the uh. only certificate that I have right now is my degree for petroleum That's geoscience.
1: not too useful. <laughs> which is Unless you want to go to Guyana.
0: Which is not fucking useful at all.
1: In Ghana is very useful. Listen, it, is, it is like oil.
0: Like you said, <laughs> a degree is just to show that you can learn. Mm. That's it. A degree right. is nothing of significance. And you know what? Even if I didn't have my degree, I could just go back and be like, listen, my house burned down. Could you like <laughs> just give me my degree like yeah. to the university? What
1: about that time like 10 years ago you went to like a dancing class? They're not going to give you that back.
0: No, they're not. But <laughs> you know what? I, d- I don't think any tentative jobs that I apply for would ask for that.
1: You haven't <laughs> applied to my company. <laughs> I want to see 10 years for ago were you, you ambitious. A company? Let's not talk about that. Let's <laughs> move on to further questions. Yes, so you were in the uh, um, Philippines and then you had to take about a 65-hour journey back to Trinidad.
0: Yeah, and that was the hardest part of that decision. You know, I actually postponed buying the flights just because I was like, Uh, did you buy
1: did you buy all in a one or were you like like buying them while you were traveling because that would be crazy
0: I bought them all in one and I was very fucking nervous because they were cancelling flights from Manila to Taiwan like left right and center and one of my friends who left 24 hours before me got cancelled and I was like fuck
1: that would have like dominoes
0: if this got cancelled every other flight Oh my god. And that's not cheap, guys. It's not. No, cheap. it was like a thousand bucks to get
1: home. 1000 US.
0: Yeah, a 1000 US yeah, to get home. Just
1: for the, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's that's a lot. So, you travel from Philippines to Thai- Thailand?
0: No, Taiwan. So, Taiwan. I was um in Sikiho, which is like one of the kind of off-beaten tracks. Mm-hmm. Um not a lot of tourism is going there, but there's potential. And from Sikiho I had to take a boat uh, to Dumaguete, from Dumaguete a <laughs> flight to Manila from Manila a flight to Taiwan from Taiwan a flight to LA from LA a flight to Miami and then uh, from Miami a flight to Port of Spain so it was fucking intense 65 yeah. hours 65 hours did you
1: have like a layover where you slept somewhere or you only slept in the plane
0: from was the
1: a no 65 hours?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Initially, I intended for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. But at some point... You know, I'm a very cheap traveler. And I'm very economic. And I'm very like, ooh, hotel. Mm. Mm, I a couch surf. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in time where I was on my fourth flight. And after, like... That would have been maybe like 40 hours into traveling. And I was like, you know what? I just need to fucking sleep. <laughs> so I went to like maybe five hotels. have
1: just sleep. You need to sleep horizontally. <laughs> yeah. Because you would sleep on a plane, but that yeah, is, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I went to just I went to five hotels on a trip. You know what? It it's so amazing because after a while of traveling, you just kind of get confident in like okay, this is a shuttle that goes to a hotel, and we're just gonna get <laughs> on this
1: shuttle. Hope for the best. <laughs> hope
0: for the best. I landed at one hotel, and I was like, fuck, they're full. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, if you just walk down the block. There's another hotel. And each hotel told me that. And I just walked and walked and walked until I found the Hyatt. And they were like, no, we booked. And then they were like, okay, maybe we'll find you something. Mm. I literally paid 100 bucks to sleep for six fucking hours. Uh.
1: I, you know why I wouldn't do it? Because I would be afraid I would fall asleep and I would miss my flight. I don't know. Are you a light sleeper?
0: No, I'm heavy, but I set many alarms.
1: I would sleep street true you know no what? problem it's
0: so funny because my alarm's like i have a chinese phone <laughs> and it like talks to me in chinese when mm-hmm. it's like trying to wake me up and like it has like a very high frequency and like mm. for some reason high frequencies Wait wake God. me up Vanita it talks to me in Chinese but I feel like at this point I understand what they're saying there's mm. a general concern I feel like one point I was like asleep and they were saying is it time to have breakfast <laughs> or something like that. Wow. anyways there's yeah it woke me up in time um, yeah and then I just caught a shuttle back to the airport mm. which is interesting because my mom told me like oh how do you know <laughs> how to get back to the airport and where you going and I'm like I didn't even look at a map uh, you just yeah. know that it's gonna work out yeah 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 yeah
1: that's and this is something that like any
0: traveler knows, but people who haven't traveled, they're like, oh my God, how do you know where to go? No, but
1: and the like worst part about multiple flights is just that one thing could screw you over. Yeah. For instance, um, when I was coming back from China, I had a flight from Shanghai. It was, well, it wasn't that bad. It was two legs, right. but it was long. Like, God, y- there's something about taking a long flight that is just so... Uh, it was about, I don't know, about 15 hours or something. That
0: is nothing.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what i said. saying. It, but I said it was like nothing, but right, like right, right. to me, it's like, oh, god. Anyway, right. so I have that flight from Shanghai to um, Gatwick, I believe, right, mm-hmm. in London. And then I'm coming from London, and I can't. Um, so we're coming back from London. And then what happens is that we can't f- land the flight because there was a drone that was flying past. Okay, yeah. So, we're coming in from Shanghai. This is about a 13-hour flight. And basically, when we're about to land, the pilot was mentioned. And this is an hour in that we may have to redirect the flight. Okay. And I'm just like, I have a like a one-hour layover Whoa, to flight, Trinidad. Yeah. And I'm like, if I miss that, like, it's Christmas time. This is this is two or three days before Christmas. You, you're not going to get next flight. Nope. Everything it's is going
0: to cost you a pretty buck. Yeah, and then you have yeah.
1: to please... you have to pee to... Sp- to to stay places and what happened is a guy was flying a quadcopter around gatwick and they closed gatwick airport for three days, no flights in and out and our flight was to gatwick our flight was the first flight into gatwick literally the first flight they let into gatwick (laughs) from shanghai and then it was madness the entire airport was packed out with people just lying on everywhere because everybody's flights were cancelled and I was so lucky that instead of, like, a one-hour delay, it was, like, a five-hour delay that, uh, to get the next flight. They just shifted, and then we were off to Trinidad. So I was so happy, but, like, when I say... Funny enough, like, it was 24 hours, I take to come home. But, like, it's 24 hours where the will Like, time... Like, I'm tra- traveling the other direction. Yeah. So yeah. it's, like, it's so often... Like, I've been... I can I don't know how long I was in an airplane,
0: <laughs> Shit. <laughs>
1: but 65 hours, that's, that's terrible, that's, that's a that long, that's
0: the most I've ever done,
1: how, the Pacific flight, how long is that,
0: the Pacific flight, which one, that was from uh, Taiwan to,
1: to Los Angeles,
0: it wasn't that bad. It was about 14 hours non-stop. 14. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I've done 21 hours from uh, New Zealand to London before. So, Ooh. you know, it wasn't... Like, for yeah. me, anything that's in the teens, we <laughs> doable. It's doable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Peter File say that as well. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, you're in Trinidad. Yeah. And what is what is your um, plan?
0: Okay, so right now, I'm still em- employed for the big company that I still mm-hmm. can't name. Um, but... I am in limbo right now trying to decide if I should quit this job or if I should go finish what I started because I really do like finishing when I started. However, I went to Carnival. Uh, for the first time, I was participating in Carnival. I didn't yeah. play mass, but I went on the roads on Tuesdays. Um, not Tuesdays. Tuesday. I went on the road on Tuesday, and basically I was on the sidelines following everything. And instead of just appreciating the art of all of these costumes... I was like, how can I make them? I want to know how can I construct them. They're so beautiful, but I have my own vision for them. And I created bikinis before, and for some reason it just spoke to me. So then the next day I messaged um, a wire bender that I knew. A wire is essentially someone who just bends the framework of these bikini tops or the, the decorated top pieces of these mm-hmm. costumes. Um, and I didn't want to just order from him a bunch of bras and decorate it. I wanted to know how to create these shapes. How could I modify it? How could I tweak the designs? How could I calculate what needs to be done? Um, I messaged him and I was like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen from this curiosity, but I have a curiosity about how you create these pieces and could I just watch you work?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... You know, I kind of hesitated before N- I messaged me, him. Trust me,
1: anybody would like to hear pretty girl say. I just like to watch you. <laughs> but it's, you know, watch you.
0: Listen, he's married, okay? He's happily married. That even uh, makes it uh, worse. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
1: anyway, so you're watching so him.
0: I mess. I was hesitant about messaging him, but you know what? <sniffs> Failing forward, I was like, you know what? The worst that could happen is he could probably go laugh about it with his friends and be like, oh, she actually thought. I would have given her a chance with watching my trade or whatever. Or the best can happen. He could say yes. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me just shoot my shot. If he says no, it's fine. Always oh, shoot his shot. Exactly. The you worst miss that could happen is well, no. Well,
1: you miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Exactly. So, um, yeah, I did, I did that. And, and then I said, basically... Yeah, girl. He said, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, come watch me work next week, Monday or Tuesday. I, of course, put it in my calendar and I followed up because he was very casual about it. A lot of times people say what they are, but they don't show it. So I was like, no, I'm going to show it. I'm going to be persistent about it. And I kept following up and he ven- He eventually carved out some time for me and showed mm-hmm. me how he made one. And then again, I told him tomorrow I'm going to be wire bending with him again. And he was like, "Yeah." You just
1: injected yourself into the schedule. Basically, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but you'll be wire bending with me.
0: Yes, I okay. basic, I essentially said, "Listen, so Tuesday at at eight o'clock, tomorrow's Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah." So I was like, "Tuesday at eight o'clock." He was like, "Yeah, come up with some designs." And I was like, "Okay, I'll come up with some, de- um, some designs." But basically, I've been working. for... <laughs> who? almost said the name? Basically, Sorry. I've been working for the big company still, and um. Mm -hmm. I haven't had the time To come up with designs yet But I was like You know what I'm still gonna show up tomorrow Mm -hmm. If I have to pull something Out of my ass And be like Listen this is a design That I wanna create Trust me
1: I don't think that I'll do As good as a design (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Instead
0: of Creating the design Tonight I'm filming Or doing this podcast But I will come up With it by tomorrow And Mm There's actually another class. Um, I started following all of the people in Carnival, in the business of Carnival, just to see what the process is, to see what connections I can build. Um, and basically, I found out that there's actually a wine class starting on April 4th mm-hmm. for seven weeks. So even if this guy said, listen, no, like I'm not feeling this anymore, yeah. there's, there's still another official class going to happen. So that is the direction I'm thinking of taking. Um, whatever comes from it, I'm open to it. But I'm not worried. At this point, there there has been so much failure in my life and tenfold so many more successes that came from it mm-hmm. that I'm not worried about this feeling.
1: Okay. Well, in you're talking about feeling, but let's see, Let's take something even more interesting. And this probably helped with you getting in a conversation with your YBedding. Right. You have 90,000 followers on the chart to 100,000. 93,000 93, <laughs> followers on Instagram and you are close to 100,000 which few people in the small island of Trinidad have how did you amass that following and what <laughs> what is your you know what is your value proposition what you, do you have a plan with that instagram like i i don't even have a 1000 followers so that's <laughs> what i'm i'm like what you know how do you amass that so, you, so probably you, want go to,
0: you want me to answer from the inception of it? Or yeah, you, okay. let, let's
1: go through a little story of how you got to 100. Because I'm sure 1 to 5 is different from 5 to 10. And then this at some point it would go... This going to be
0: a long story, guys.
1: Well, we have time.
0: Okay, all right. So basically, um, I was always very expressive. Uh, and I don't know what is the psychological reason behind it. I mean, I attributed it to being a middle child. <laughs> okay. So you know, I think there was always this deep desire to like be bold and be out there to grasp attention, and maybe that's my mechanism for my family as well. I don't know. Um, but basically, I was always out there. I was always oversharing what I was doing. I was always, my love is being in front of a camera and creating content. Well, lucky you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, e- this this even goes further back from when I was. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was eight years old. I want. I realized that my mom didn't have pictures of me. Not many. She took a lot of pictures of my older sister because she's the firstborn. But for me, you know, it's just Not like,
1: good enough. You <laughs> run to the family.
0: I mean, they were just like, eh, been there, done that.
1: If we don't have pictures when we throw away, nobody will know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I kid.
0: Listen, I was genuinely worried. I was like, mom, yo, like, listen. Not in these exact words. I was like, listen, yo, I'm eight years old. And you don't have these pictures of me growing up. Like, you, you're missing out on history. Like, listen, we need to update this album. Um, could you please take a picture of me? And she was like, eh, okay. So I put on, like, my best pearls and, like, you know, a floral outfit. It was, like, a, a little top and a floral skirt. And every day for one week, I'd be like, mom, could you please take my picture now? Could you please take my video? And she's like, no, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And when she finally gave up, she's like, oh, fuck. All right, I'll take a picture now. She finally took the picture. And it, when I look back on it, I had, like, my two hands to my sides. I, like, my back was so straight. And I was, like, looking like I was in the fucking military with, like, the happiest smile ever. Nice. <laughs> so I was always obsessed with creating memories and having history recorded, even though it's not, like, a significant history or, like, you know, like history don't go into the books. I wanted to record and document my life. Um, Mm. So I got my first Polaroid not Polaroid. It was my first digital camera when I was 13 years old. It was like $500 for it, oh which nice. was a lot of money. That for, was a lot of money. Yeah, for a day. kid to have, right? Yeah. Um, and I would just take like the dumbest pictures ever because I wanted to record this and to share it. Mm-hmm. It was only when social media happened that I was like, okay, there's a medium to actually share it with people. But before that, I would actually go into high school with like printed pictures of whatever I took. And share with my friends. Like, hey, look at my album. Mm. Um, So so you (laughs) had,
1: like, uh, IRL in real life, uh, like, Instagram. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, And anyone who went to high school with me could tell, could attest to this. They would be like, yeah, she used to come to school with an album and show us pictures of herself, which is really weird. Mm. Um, And maybe it's egoistical or whatever. Like, I don't know. But basically, egoistical, or egotistical? egotistical e- yeah. yeah, egotistical. It was egotistical. Maybe, I don't know. I just wanted to share. So on Instagram, oversharing was natural to me. And maybe some people didn't quite understand it. And I guess they would speak about it or whatever. But whatever the reaction was, it kept growing.
1: Okay, so just to touch on that point. Was it like an initial boost from like, let's say, 100 to like 5,000? Or is it was it like slow, slow? Slow. Slow.
0: Yeah, so I started Instagram um, in September of 2013. Okay, um, wow,
1: you were early. I don't even think <laughs> I'm that early. <laughs> I
0: was actually one of the later ones to get onto it because, well, you know, I females are usually, early. like, on it, you know?
1: I was not on it and at all. Well, <laughs> even, even,
0: you're a guy, right? E- even
1: <laughs> how, that's how bad I was. Even though I had, like, an Instagram, I think, like, 2014, 2015, I didn't upload like anything until I think about like 2016 I actually that's started using it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I was late to the game. But
0: I mean, for females, it's yeah. like more interesting. Like, females take more pictures, more selfies, more fashion, more trending and whatever. We always want to be the I next thing. I had you know. a lot of
1: pictures. None I wanted to post. That was the problem. You know, I've And stories were with the thing I've then. seen
0: the way you used to look and I understand completely.
1: Oof, <laughs> oof. But now the band game <laughs> high, so, you know. Ah, hey,
0: you're looking alright now. Yeah, mm,
1: Hello, Shabby. <laughs> anyway so you uh, were let's say your first thousand how long you think you take to get that thousand my, you know
0: what a lot of people look at the numbers I didn't at first so I only noticed when I had about 3800 and that was when okay. I met my ex-husband and he told me he was like I, it was in the end of 2016 I met my ex-husband and he was like holy shit you have 3800 followers you could do something with this and I was like ah <laughs> I'm just sharing my life, like, I don't really care, like, you mm-hmm. know, um, before that, I think the major spike was the, do you remember the porn ring, mm-hmm. the nude scandal?
1: Right. So, this was, this was where yeah, you had the biggest root?
0: Yes. This okay. is where it was like, whew. So, like
1: you, you could elaborate on the story.
0: So, basically, there was a porn ring where um, they a had nude a- nude
1: ring, I wouldn't say nude porn. Nude ring.
0: Well, they, they advertised it as porn ring, I don't know. But it was a nude ring where basically they had like 200 girls on a list. <laughs> and on this list, it w- it didn't necessarily mean that there were nudes I didn't even
1: make any other kind of lists. So, like, <laughs> I would be happy to be on all lists. <laughs> but, like, top 200 out of 1 million, probably, like, you know, top 500,000, but, you
0: know. I mean, on the... Okay. So,
1: you're on the top 200 back, list.
0: I wouldn't say it was <laughs> top 200. I guess it was just, like, you know, 200 that was... Obtainable obtainable or like that was where the ambition was okay okay so there were 200 of us on a list and basically um not every single one of us had nudes okay
1: okay so how was this shared
0: it was um on a dropbox or like a shared folder file And actually, if I go really deep into it, they actually had, like, little communities where they would all gather Mm. the guys who were the perpetrators. Physically or, Physically gather mm. and, like, had a projector and they would look on it and, like... (laughs) i actually found out about this from one of them so you know my sources are direct but again it's trade-out and you can't really name people and you know that's a whole other thing by itself
1: i don't know that's that's on like an elite set of projector like i don't even i don't even have a projector i have a lot of shit so wow and it was a
0: certain uh genre of students i won't (laughs) say which genre but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey! <Yeah.
1: laughs> we just be cutting out. So it was <laughs> a
0: certain genre of students, and it was like this little viewing society that they had, and basically they made it into a game. Like, hey, I have Pikachu. Do you have Volvix?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like, it would be like training. oh trading game. It was game. trading, yeah. Okay. So it was like, hey, I have Vanitas, Do you have, uh, let's just say, Sophia's? Like, and it would be, it would be like, who has the rarest cards and that's what I understood. Damn. And basically what...
1: A deep rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'll stop there. But basically there, it had a crippling effect on the victims. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society in Trinidad where we tend to victim blame, especially if the victim is a female. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I connected with this reporter. So we're still good friends today. And we covered a story. I basically... I actually had like topless photos. And I went to my mom and dad and was like, Hey, these are my tits. Can I go talk about it? Because there's actually one girl of the 200 that just tried to commit suicide. And I feel like it's my purpose right now to speak about this. Because in reality, our only crime as females, were trusting. The mistake mm-hmm. that we made were was, was trusting a man with our photos.
1: I mean, that is a big mistake. You shouldn't just trust people. So just be... Listen. I'm not victimless. I'm not <laughs> saying to society. Don't trust people. Yes. <laughs> or like be very okay, wary but of but those I you trust. like
0: these are women who were romantically involved with men. There is a they were
1: emotionally compromised.
0: Oh, shut up. <laughs> There's a certain level of trust that goes into that. And mm-hmm. our crime I- for trusting someone is not a crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's vulnerability. You know, it's intimacy. But mm-hmm. the real crime was the person who was betraying that trust. Mm-hmm. But no one was sitting there and blaming the person who was betraying the trust. No one said, oh, you're a real asshole for sharing this photo, you know. Right. It was more like, oh, you're such a slut for sharing a naked photo of yourself or for sending your boyfriend a nude or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I actually had this discussion with my mom, and she said, you know what? Back in the day, if I had a digital camera, I'd send your dad a hot picture, like, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was that generation shift in mind that I was <coughs> trying to, sh- to, to basically change. And when I did that article on the newspaper, mm-hmm. that's when I noticed the first exponen- uh, exponential climb in my media following.
1: Okay, so did the article mention your Instagram or was it just no. people found you?
0: No, uh, basically it just had my name.
1: And people were looking for and you. And
0: people looked me up and you know what, most of it they was They were happy positive. with what
1: they came for.
0: <laughs> Most of it was positive, and okay. I was very proud of that. So you were
1: able to take a very deep and dark time and police in your life and convert it into something positive.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that is failing forward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. this. So let's say after the article, how where would you see your follower count as far as you could remember?
0: Uh, maybe like twenty nine hundred around there. Like as far 29- as twenty nine.
1: Like so this is before um your husband
0: yeah okay. and then i moved to france and then being like a little tiny indian woman who comes from a conservative society <laughs> moving to france independently because as a woman you should never travel alone but here i was like "Fuck it i'm gonna go live in france um and then mm-hmm. i was also living my life in french so my videos and everything my content was in french
1: okay even your like your instagram live and yeah like, yeah, okay, yeah. like if
0: i was talking to my videos well actually Insta- it's funny instagram stories did not exist back then oh wow yeah
1: I, I think I only started to use Instagram when Instagram sto- stories came out. Yeah, yeah. Because when I realized, like, whoa, I could just, like, record stuff and it will just last for 24 hours. Like, I don't have to think too much yeah, of it. I of mean, like, Instagram
0: nice. stories, maybe it was around, but it wasn't, like, prevalent. It wasn't trending. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember being on Instagram before that was a thing. So, yeah. my videos, w- which were on my feed, um, made it... Um, I made it in French, and it was very authentic and just whatever you could share. Because, I mean, because of stories, we share everyday things. Right. But we share an aesthetic now on Instagram as a feed. But back then, there was no such thing as an aesthetic. So you just had, like, random videos and then some pretty photos and then, like, something random again that you just wanted to share. Um, So back then, yeah, it was in French. Everything, my captions, my videos, my audio, everything was in French. And then people were like, wait now. Isn't she an engineering student? Like, Mm -hmm. how is she just living in France, teaching English and speaking French? So Mm -hmm. that was another point of interest. And I also think that back then, traveling wasn't for Instagram. It was like, oh, my God, what is traveling? Like, Mm -hmm. traveling wasn't as, you know, what was the word I'm looking for? It's not it wasn't as popular or attainable back then. Mm -hmm. Traveling was this big journey like, oh, my God, we're going on a trip. Now mm-hmm. it's like people just jump on flights like it's nothing. But back then it was like, Oh my god, she's traveling, how's she doing? It, it that? was a
1: big deal. It was
0: a big deal. Uh, it was yeah.
1: very costly. Yeah. Like signif I find absolutely flying has significantly decreased things like Airbnb, cold yeah, surfing yeah. has significantly yeah. reduced flights. Yeah. I mean the entire travel pipeline. So Yeah. So So
0: I was sharing that and then it started to grow because I guess my intention was never like okay i'm on instagram i want to have a hundred thousand followers it was always like i'm sharing my life because i was always like that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um so when i started sharing these photos and these videos people just found it very authentic and very like raw
1: they wanted to see a journey they were like this is an interesting girl i want to be part of whatever she's doing and
0: there was no hidden intention there was no hidden agenda So I was sharing these journeys, and people were like, wow, we want to see more. And because it was so candid, it wasn't like, this is a polished trip of what I did. This is my vlog. This is blah, blah, blah. It was just, it is what it is. And people enjoyed that rawness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I moved back to Trinidad in February of 2017, basically, um, my ex-husband was like, you should monetize this. You should do something with it. And just out so of wait, experiment uh, okay yeah? just
1: so quick question at that time what was your follow account
0: it was about 4500 to 500 5000 okay. somewhere around there yeah. okay so
1: let's say yeah 5000 let's, let's just that. say 5000 but 5000 yeah. at that time was a lot because instagram was so small oh, yeah then. yeah absolutely
0: yeah. but again it never got to my head no but
1: even like like now people like 5000 that's a lot 5000 then that was like like 10 20 thousand oh, yeah. like yeah. I terms so like follow inflation yeah if you <laughs>
0: if you scale it up yeah, yeah yeah for sure so back then it was like five thousand and I was like Okay, let's just see what we can do. So I looked it up, like, how do you grow a following, blah, blah, blah. There were all these techniques like uh, reverse hashtag analysis, which is based... I don't know if you want me to explain that. You want me to explain You that? could
1: explain that. I have a little... Um, you have an idea what it is. Well, because of my Trust Express.
0: Right. So reverse, uh, reverse... Reverse hashtag analysis is basically you have 50 hashtags on Instagram, but you start with the least popular because there's more of a niche there Mm -hmm. and there's less of a turnover so if you put something that has a hashtag that says like let's take for example YOLO hashtag YOLO there's like millions of people doing that it's a large exactly so when you click on that hashtag
1: you'll be lost
0: in like five seconds but Mm -hmm. if you click on something like solo female traveler then Mm -hmm. you're probably going to stay on top of that feed for a long time. Not enough
1: people is going to use the hashtag such that you will be lost within a space.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I started Mm -hmm. doing this, and then there was the algorithm back then. The algorithm was huge. It was like, it was so easy too. It was like, you have to post once a day um, at at this specific time. And it was like, and then you had the statistics of your profile, which is basically saying, okay, 12 o'clock and 9 o'clock is when everyone was most... um, frequent on the app right so i did that for about uh, you mean
1: like actively being smart about how you post on yes. use instagram yes okay.
0: so i had like a backlog of photos by then that i hadn't posted nice. and i was like you know what i'm just gonna experiment and play with this make uh, you know my at that point in time my love was travel it still is to an extent but back then it was like Traveling is life, you know. Um.
1: Well, as as you grow through life, the things you want and desire actually change. Yeah,
0: they change. Yeah, for sure.
1: And shift in priority. It's not like you don't want anymore. It's it's probably not the top thing, especially if you get it quenched a little bit. Oh,
0: yeah. And I had my (laughs) fair (laughs) share. Right. So you were saying. So, yeah, there was um, this aesthetic that I was like, okay, let's try it out. And I was basically posting once a day or maybe twice a day um, at either 9 a.m., 9 p.m. or noon using these 50 hashtags and i did that for maybe six to eight weeks and it grew to ten thousand okay that was my ambition my ambition was six
1: to eight weeks you move from five thousand to to ten thousand and this was
0: in 2017 february cheers to that yeah cheers (laughs) so basically after that i was like Fuck, this is a lot of work. <laughs> 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 I don't wanna keep this up. This is this you know, after a while
1: Was was it like ten thousand you go like you hit ten thousand yes. like yeah.
0: You know why? It's silly. I just wanted to see the key.
1: I, 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 <laughs> I completely <laughs> Well like I have yeah, exactly. I have a YouTube channel which I guess some of you mean know. Varun's vlogs. vlogs. check it Veroen's out. Vlogs, but yeah. like for me, seeing that one key, and now I'm not two key, but just seeing that key, it just separates me. Right? Yeah, it's like I'm just not the, the usual. I am more, but I I completely exactly. understand. Exactly.
0: So I just wanted to see the K, and I was like, okay, goal achieved, next chapter. And basically, I stopped trying. <laughs> To stop
1: actively, um, actively using yeah. your Instagram. It was more passively whatever exactly. happened in your life.
0: Because in addition to that, I started to feel like if I kept it up, there would be a pressure to create. Which is why I haven't monetized my Instagram yet. Even though I have almost 100,000 followers. I'm just like, I don't ever want to feel pressured to create content. Content must be genuine. Content must be um, organic. You know, it must be real. I don't
1: think it has to be.
0: It doesn't have to be. But for me personally, like... I cannot fake.
1: Yes, but there's <laughs> something wing. called... I cannot s- fake. There's such a thing as synergy.
0: Yes, but I... Okay, okay. For instance, your,
1: b- your bikini. Yes. If you were to get sponsored by a bikini prob- p- company, which you enjoy, yes. you wouldn't feel opposed no, because I there's synergy. No, I wouldn't feel
0: opposed. Correct, correct. Yeah. But in terms of my personal life and what I was willing to share every single day, I didn't want to feel pressure to create... So basically, I just said, you know what, this is just going to be a thing. If opportunities come from it, sure. If not, whatever. It's not my, you know, it's not my one egg. Yeah. I, it's not my one thing, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so basically, after that, I stopped trying and I went on to getting married and like people just obviously bought into that because they're still... Colorism is still quite prevalent in Trinidad and people just perceive
1: Pigmentocracy,
0: <laughs> as it is called. Yeah, people just perceived me as like, oh wow, she Getcher, get true she has a white man, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think they just bought into it. They didn't really understand why it is I was dating a white man or what I saw into him or what actually or for I like matter, somebody you like somebody. For that matter, I actually got a lot of backlash because they were like, why does he want you? You know, which is,
1: well. It's I mean, a pity. In a way, it's I don't know pity. how much you want to delve into <laughs> that, but yeah. You, no, but you got like
0: I'm saying what built the curiosity because they were like, why does he see this value in you? I actually got a lot of messages well, like
1: that. Th- that's not the interesting part. The interesting part to me is you got married very young.
0: Yeah, I did. To
1: somebody you knew for less than a year
0: a year
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> it was one year yeah, was where she that. physically knew you for less than a year okay 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 sure i w- i don't know if you want to delve into. i can touch
0: into it it's not it's not it's no longer that difficult to talk about um okay i was naive 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 yeah okay um i was 22 years old and here i was thinking especially you know what i wouldn't blame anyone but i would have preferred to have better guidance as well because i took him home to everyone and i'm not saying it's their fault but i got the green light from everyone and they were like yeah of course you have your degree you have a stable job you can get a job anywhere you want you can adapt to any environment why not and we've seen you together we've seen you be perfect together why not Mm -hmm. and so having that affirmation from my loved ones kind of propelled me into thinking oh this is not a bad idea and i was just like whatever why waste time exactly and i was like i'm in love you know everything's okay i've lived with him we're okay why not so yeah we did get married very young and it was also this was
1: 22
0: i was 22 yeah right so we got married and then basically we got married in 20
1: yeah twenty seven. no this wasn't any um any kind of on, like, special wedding. Or, it could be special to you, but this was literally signed on paper. <laughs> yeah,
0: we just, we just signed a paper. Just because like, you Las like,
1: Vegas, that shit.
0: <laughs> like I told you, I'm not materialistic. It didn't bother me. And, really, we planned to get married later on, but he didn't want to live in Trinidad because he was just someone that... F- like, couldn't understand his the language His citizenship
1: there. was um, from England. He was... He, he
0: was British and Canadian. Okay. He was born in England, grew up in Canada. Okay. And he just was not familiar with living in a third world country. And also not understanding our dialects and our um, accents. Like And our way of life. Yeah, and our way of life. Like, for example, he didn't understand whining on your friends in Carnival or in a FET. And I was like, listen, you need to learn. Like, I'm not going to change this part of me. It's It doesn't mean anything, but... Anyways, um, yeah, we got married, and we planned to get married later on. And he didn't want to live in Trinidad, so he got a job in New Zealand. And we were like, we, you know what, we want to live in a different country. For me, it was like, if you're more comfortable in a different country, I can adapt, no problem.
1: Ananda's signaling, signal, and she has a question. Okay. Ananda, okay you so have a question? I know I can't be seen, but no, what you don't know. Wait! Yeah. Quick! Qu- wait! Quick pause. So, guys, I have like uh, audience, but they aren't on camera, so they have (laughs) questions. Yeah,
0: proceed and (laughs) pause.
1: Okay, so Nuan, what you know now, what do you think you'll advise young girls?
0: Um, I would definitely say don't rush, don't rush, and take your time. Just, just really get to understand what a routine is like with a man. Because it was always a situation of, listen, we're here and it's temporary. We're not going to be in this country forever. We're working towards something else. But there was no time to just be like, this is who we are on a day-to-day basis, doing what we love or doing what we don't like. It was always a a forward motion. So for me, I would prefer to just have something slow and steady and see what this person is like over time. There's no need to rush. Yeah, Yeah. well,
1: I would say... I know time is not everyone has time but like for instance I was in a long relationship for let's say uh, about 4 years but like you as that time starts to expand and you peel back the layers you really then start to know who that exactly, person is exactly, and I yeah. don't know if 1 year was enough
0: no it wasn't it wasn't and the thing is I didn't know this and no one told me no mm-hmm. one no one in my immediate circle told me. Everyone was quite supportive. And, uh, I'm
1: sure y- your parents probably said something, but it's parents. So no, like no, you no. My
0: parents were like, yes, get <laughs> married. Get married because you're living with him and you're not married right now. Would it they like better in culture to be married.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I'm I, not sure if they were like, children, no. Yes, grandchildren, yes. <laughs>
0: they were pressuring us at some e- to okay. some extent, but we knew we didn't want kids just yet.
1: Okay, so the green lights were there.
0: The green lights were there, and then we moved to New Zealand, and then when I was no longer around people who had my back i was completely alone and when i was no longer the main breadwinner or the person that was making more of an income Mm -hmm. and when i was very isolated in terms of time difference and all of that and even physically like geographically we were in an aging population in like this town in the middle of nowhere then some ugly colors started to show okay yeah and I won't get too into that, but basically we were like, eventually at some point I was like, this can't wait. This is
1: when you were in um, across the world in New Zealand.
0: Yes, in in a small little town town called um, Balkloofa,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is like one hour south of Dunedin. Yeah.
1: Okay, and this was let's say how okay. You, well, you would have gotten into that's your marriage, and yes. then you would have um, let's see.
0: It wasn't happy when I got there.
1: Okay, so let's say eight months of happy marriage and then it slowly (laughs) started to deteriorate.
0: Deteriorate, yeah. And that is another lesson coming back to the question from the audience. (laughs) Another lesson that I learned is know when to walk away.
1: Know when to walk away. Know
0: when to walk away. Okay. Know when to call it quits. I mean, it is a failed marriage, but what's more important, living unhappily married or walking away and saving the rest of your life? Okay. Yeah.
1: So you would so you you were, as far as i know married for like one year? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, are you it's officially like the
0: first pancake. Oops. <laughs> are you officially divorced? No, um the 23rd of June this year would be when i can legally apply for a divorce because it would when you are um separated under abandonment because <laughs> You know, people are like, where's your husband? And I'm like, mm. you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have no idea where my ex-husband or husband is. I don't know. But we're separated. Right. Um, you have to wait two years to be legally, um, to legally apply or qualify for a divorce under abandonment. Which is right. what this counts under. because. I don't really, un- I don't know if I reached out to him and said, could you sign this? If I can't guarantee that he would. It wasn't amicable terms that it ended on. Okay. So, uh, right now, the status is separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, status is separated, and then later this year, you should be a divorced woman.
0: Yes. <laughs> but, you know, surprisingly, I wasn't too eager to start the process because I was like, you know what? I've always been a hasty woman with a lot of zest for life, and sometimes that can bite me in the ass. So I was like, you know what? If you're like legally married, you won't be jumping into anything <laughs> anytime soon. Well,
1: I am not sure, but I believe you're supposed to file taxes differently, and I believe on your passport you're supposed to tick differently. So uh,
0: there's a there's a box we separated. <laughs> there is. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: wow. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I guess they inc- they're inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trinidad oh it's so progressive yeah, but yeah. yeah so what are you pl- what are your plans now that you're in trinidad because you have like a year to go you're technically still working in china what i'm is
0: technically working um by the end of march this month i should be able to decide whether i'm continuing my journey in china or staying here if i continue in china i would go back just to finish my contract and make take on I have been offered a permanent position. So if mm-hmm. I take on a few more months extra before mm. I quit and come back home, it would just be to save and invest in Trinidad. But ultimately, like you said before, it was 65 hours of traveling for me to get from the Philippines or from Asia to home. I never want to be that far again after... You know, I've lived in New Zealand and France, in China. I never want to be that far again from home. No, I completely... Because yeah. like when I consider sort of working yeah. abroad,
1: I, I think like Miami, New York... Toronto, Nothing, No, right because, cause yeah, yeah it, it, I could come home for the weekend yeah. and come back and it's yeah. so close. Right. Cause, like, once it's more than one flight, it feels a exactly. lot. Exactly.
0: I mean, two, I could give and take. Yeah, too, e- but well, even
1: Ireland, I trying to make that work, but there's no one flight to Ireland. Yeah, I, ha- right. I have to either do it through New York, through, do, through Toronto, or through y- UK. Yeah. Even when I was coming back last time, I had to do Miami to Paris to, <laughs> to Ireland, <laughs> so... I Ireland wasn't as far as China, because when I was in China, it was so, like, even when, I'm sure when you call your parents, it's like, that 24-hour, like, the 12-hour shift is just so off.
0: I mean, the 12 hours was okay, because, I mean, you either catch them when they're waking up and going to sleep, where, where you're doing the opposite, but when it was, like, 17 hours in New Zealand, that was hard.
1: Oh, so 12 was better.
0: 12 was better than 17, because then... The only time I could speak to my parents when I was working in the meat factory, which is something I'll get into another time, okay. was on a Sunday afternoon, which okay. was really hard because when you're just living alone with someone that's not treating you well, right, and your only contact is your family that's 17 hours apart, and you can only talk to them once a week, you're not renewing that um, reassurance and that... that support that you need yeah that relationship exactly. with yeah, yeah your
1: family that's important yeah. because even when I was across in Ireland like I would need to, t- to talk to somebody talk to my sisters yeah. talk to my parents yeah. you would need that yeah okay so we're coming to the end of our one hour <laughs> podcast which we could decide uh, if we what? want more
0: we could talk a little bit more just in case some stuff you want to cut off
1: <laughs> no 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 That's it's, it's fine because like um, we hopefully yeah. there'll be more of this I'd like to believe <laughs> there'll be more wait of this I podcast. didn't
0: answer your question though okay so china if i go back it's just for for a little bit but ultimately i want to be home and i Mm -hmm. feel like at this point even though yes i have a degree in petroleum geoscience and i can be in the oil and gas uh, sector i do feel like there's more of a creative side of me and i feel like maybe it's design maybe it's fashion maybe it's media but there's opportunity here in trinidad for me so the next plan is settling some roots and so no
1: engineering no, no no
0: engineering that degree is just a piece of paper that you can just get into a door with for an interview it's all about <laughs> your personality Oh, <Well>, we, we, <laughs> we both
1: met an engineering so that's another point in yeah we the met an engineering yeah yeah that's, that's so funny two of us went to engineering but yeah. anyway <laughs> um this was feeling forward it's our first episode and hopefully there'll be more to come yeah most um, definitely. vinita here's our first guest and the idea is that, going forward, we would have more guests who have interesting stories chasing after different, let's say, they're off the off-the-beaten path. <laughs> and they're going after different things in their life. And hopefully, they'll have a good story that you would be interested in. So, that's, that's our show.
0: Yeah, good job. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> okay,
1: guys, see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs>